From Letourneau University, this is Story Hunt. I'm Alex Bowen. This month, we're featuring the written work of one of our talented English faculty, Dr. Randall Compton. Dr. Compton is a noted poet with works included in publications like Southwestern American Literature and the St. Catherine Review. His experience as a lifelong, avid reader prompted him to study English, which led him to teach and write. Here's Dr. Compton. Well, I teach uh, language and literature, so I teach literature classes and also writing classes, composition classes. I was an English major as an undergraduate, and I went to grad school and became a teaching fellow and eventually um, became a professor. Um, I think uh, as an undergraduate, um, I had writing classes and I was became more and more interested. I was always interested in reading and became inter- more and more interested in writing as I went through my undergraduate years. So this first one is a poem that was published in Southwestern Literature Review, and it's about the Texas Hill Country. It's called Meditation in Texas Hill Country. Whatever this countryside is, it's not art for art's sake. Rises buckle who knows how from sea floors we call prehistoric because we weren't standing here taking notes. Crushed shell and coral transformed now shed limestone talus and scrabble in late spring sunlight, a still life of disintegration, a story set in naked sediment and eroding fault lines. Scrub oaks borrow height from hills along aquifer-fed springs which activate molecular machinery of prickly pear, oleander, and spiny lizards down at life's basement level in the mist of quarks and gluons. Placed in adjectival region between vast and slight, we can't guess the architect's meaning behind this dogged impermanence and temporary solidity. Lighter than the dust blown down slope into our eyes, we know only the heft of the sky's larger frame. And this next one, uh, the next couple are sort of relationship poems. um, And uh, first is sort of uh, thinking about, I've always been really fascinated by glaciers and uh, geology. And so it's, and I was reading something, I think at one point that was talking about how all of human history is really taking place in what's called an interglacial, this little warm period between really cold times. So the name of this poem is Interglacial. Pushing down the permanent snow line, cold snouts of glaciers shoved forests flat, heaved earth and trimmed rock over grasslands, mounted moraines over murdered dominions. You and I were born in a flash off winter's mirror, a single sweat drop of time. Safe in our temperate spell, we deny the rhymed flume's return, the bitter flow bearing a slow single measure. Frosty eons will lid green nature's exed eyes as earth rolls on arctic bed, snugging up ice sheets and coiling fervid dreams, plotting an age without us. For now, we restrain blizzards of blank space. Intertwined, our thermal columns rise, aloof to smoking cold air and all icy threats of solar withdrawal. Flesh ablaze in our cirque, we live in this molten moment where earth at its roiling iron core knows no seasons. And this this one is a... much more recent poem, um, and it's called um, Older Couple Living in East Texas. I might have written long ago, 
only imagining an older couple, alive in small-town Texas, puttering away on some quiet corner lot over St. Augustine and Big Boy Tomatoes, summer squash and early frost, watching grown offspring further fixing the family line. Maybe I delayed because older kept funneling away from me like dead starlight from another galaxy as I trafficked in career, marriage, and family, or watched friends caper among diapers and dogs. Moonlight and sunshine kept making assumptions I wasn't ready to relegate to line and break. But now, the guitar I never learned to play sits in a dark corner of our bedroom under a gentle coat of dust next to the antique wardrobe with the broken catch, each fretting in its own way stories of time spent elsewhere, forgotten distractions that left only broken intent. Teens slammed through doors opening on fall and summer, winter and spring. Particular days and weeks begin to evade us, though our weedy backyard garden still rises and falls yearly like a nagging pop song sobbing from a decade historians already stake out. Books on subjects that moved us to tears once now make us blink through our bifocals as we recall nostalgia from a time before our bodies reminded us of dust or friends burned their hearts to ash, before we realized that the cratered moon of our lives has already passed middle night and rounds toward dawn. I'm also interested in, um, really became interested in theology and sort of an intersection between theology and literature. And this is a poem that is sort of a takeoff um, on something that John Calvin said, and I use that as the epigraph. The name of this poem is Monster Minds, and the epigraph is, The earth sustains on her bosom many monster minds, minds which are not afraid to employ the seeds of deity deposited in human nature as a means of suppressing the name of God. Maybe I'm that mind, an astronomer hoisting data like a fish testing water mass with cataracts plummet. I strain numbers none have read, declare disaster for dead galaxies, then fall asleep to the garble of background radiation battering through time. Morning will see me trampling fall's Pentecost of leaves, prying into heavens emptied of all but bare branches and crossed only by cumulus. Or maybe you're that mind, a naturalist, muttering felis catus over tiger tracks near a creek bed where crayfish molt under leaf rot and honeybees sip in the shallows, balanced on water's moment, like waiters' wine carafts, all items in your research log, except for the stone rolled across your path, nothing but erosion chewing granite resistance. You return samples to the lab to spend years analyzing. This next one is sort of a story, um, it's a retelling, sort of, um, what I imagine after the Tower of Babel, when uh, that was when God confused the languages of people. And so this is, the title of this one is Another Statement on Babel. Yes, we built a city with a tower far away from untrustworthy oceans. Our bodies had ached from long-winded years spent skirmishing the friendless earth. It's true. We refused to fill the world with our wandering any longer. 
granted. We wanted a name and maybe some path away from the dust we were becoming, away from the Creator's dark genius that slimed our drinking water, slithered through our grain fields, and hunted us when we left our caves to burn our dead like old cordwood. In the beginning, laughter and backslapped congratulations were the day's language. But soon the bulk of muttered curses massed, nudging wheelbarrows up the corkscrew ramp. I remember clearly construction cost overruns, labor disputes, the fluent disagreements among our architects. Trust me, God had nothing to fear from us. We baked bricks, stacking and tarring, our scaffolded turrets needled the sky. Work days closed and the heavens felt closer, but every morning they floated Eden far. Then came the day we gained God's attention, and he spilled us like ants from a heel-flattened hill. Our ears began to throb with the clank and thud of new accents. We listened for matching voices, but heard no harmony, only rubble of glides and trampled fricatives. I clenched a trowel, hunting a name I'd used the day before. But old words faded, even as I thought them. Standing still as sandstone in tower's shadow, Ignoring the gibberish of the rabble, I grouped and counted my family. We clung together, trying not to speak, ears covered against gutturals, chirps and grunts, vowels without weight or measure, syllables snarled and crashing like fractured keystones. We scratched stick figures in the sand to cry, I still love you, don't leave, I want to stay together. We finally packed, gathered our dogs and wandered away. No map ever returns us to the site, but our dreams assemble stones despite all conviction. Many nights, sculpted walls sing in chorus of height with no fear of fall, no whiff of sweaty arms or trace of tar. Joist, purline, and truss raise a helix to the surrounding sky where frictionless clouds skim past windows without drops of judgment. Beneath high-pitched roof of water and wind, I overhear supple, splashing speech, puffs of laughter, potent prose spraying in cooling shades of nuance and illusion, dialect needing no translator or gloss. All lips speak an unwritten language sealed within covers of a final concordance. I wake with split tongue cemented in my mouth. Story Hunt is a production of Letourneau University's School of Arts and Sciences. It is produced by me, Alex Bowen, with help this semester from Daniel Marino, Allison Hilbig, and Ji-Yoon Lee. Special thanks to Randall Compton for sitting down with us this episode. Publishing information for his selections is available in the show notes. Thanks, as always, to Dr. Carl Payton and Dr. Larry Frazier. Find us on social media. I've left links for those in the show notes as well. Talk soon.